Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 therefore laying aside falsehood speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another for his name's sake prescribe truth we giving you what the doctor ordered jamal bandy apologist the lord's servant we undeserve it but christ changed our mind frame in a world full of errors the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth What's going on, everybody? This is Jamal Bandy. This is the Prescriber Truth Podcast right here on YouTube. If you'd like to follow the conversation, you can do so on your favorite iOS or Android podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitch Radio, and Google Play. And if you'd like to help the show in a non-financial way, you can do so by leaving a rating and a review. It just helps us out a lot, and I really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so by partnering with us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. Uh, we have different reward tiers starting anywhere from a dollar and up. Uh, $20 patrons get a t-shirt along with other cool things. Uh, and you can pledge one time $20 and get a t-shirt and then you can drop down to a dollar a month if you would like to support us continually. Um, or you can uh, pledge anything just one time, even if it's just a dollar. You know, if you just want to give us a dollar for one month and, and that's as far as you want to support, hey, that's fine. You can do so. You can drop out. It's free that way. And whatever benefits come with the $1, Mark, you will have it for that month. Um, including the shout out, even if it's the only month you do it. Um, so we really appreciate it. Um, if not, you know, just continue to keep me in your prayers as I continue this work. Um, you know, um, this gets costly. And so um, I appreciate any support that comes. Um, if you'd like to connect with me, uh, you can do so by uh, leaving me an email at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. Or you can call in at 801-980-6333. Uh, and that is to uh, send questions in or if you uh, like any advice or anything like that. Uh, by God's grace, I'd be able to help you in that way. Uh, so, excuse me. So today, um, I want to be able to talk to you guys about uh, some things that's going on um, in our Christian community. Some people may have already known about the racial tension that's uh, going on now. It's very sad. I don't believe people are doing things according to the Bible or what they're supposed to do. What are Christians supposed to do when we find ourselves in disagreements and um, circumstances where we may not get along, where there may be somebody committed a sin against us, whether it be slander or anything like that? How are Christians supposed to react to such things amongst each other? And the Bible is very clear on that. When somebody sins against us, how? what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to go about it? What I'm seeing in our media is that people are not going about it the biblical way. Uh, Matthew 18 tells us that if, if our brother sins, we're supposed to go to them alone. We put them aside, message them, DM, however you decide to do that. We're supposed to message each other. We're supposed to come to confront one another privately and let it and, and let our um, concern be known. And if that person fails to repent or or pride shows up, whatever the case may be then we're supposed to have a witness. If that's not the case, if that doesn't work, then you bring before the church. If that, if that person doesn't go to your church, well, you bring before their elders. You know what I'm saying? If they're Christian, they should be plugged into a local body. Um, you know, this is part of accountability, you know? Uh, but that's not what's going on. I mean, people are using their public platforms to slander one another, to uh, belittle one another, and it's, and it's going so far as people are like, Calling people not Christian just for disagreeing on secondary issues. 
you know, because I don't agree with your stance or because I don't see these things the way you see them, I may not be Christian. And it has nothing to do with the deity of Christ, the gospel message as far as salvation goes, or any of that. And I, it's, it's, it baffles me. Um, I would think that we'd be past this, or as a church, we should be getting through this. But this is just a reminder that we are still dealing with sinful human beings, fallen creatures who are being sanctified and not yet sanctified. And that's why we have to make those things clear when we're speaking about the Christian walk. It's because we are saved, we are, we're justified eternally, but while we're still on this earth, we still are going through sanctification. We're still going through the process. And so there are many of my white brothers and sisters, black brothers and sisters, who are who have not arrived. They're, they're, not, they're not completely sanctified yet. There's still growth that has to be there, still improvements that needs to be made. And we may not see the fullness of those improvements on this side of heaven, um, but that is our eternal hope is that one day we'll be before the Lord and we'll be like him. You know, we'll be perfect. We'll be glorified like him, like Christ. Um, but I think people are impatient. I think people want others to be glorified now, uh, sanctified completely now. And we forget that <laughs> we ourselves aren't perfect. Uh, man. So this like this reconciliation that we need to have as as evangelicals, as Christians, uh, people are seeking to uh, make sure all the wrongs have been made right before I forgive. I don't see a Bible verse that lays that out. What I see is that we're called to forgive as Christ forgave us. And there was nothing we did to earn his forgiveness. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message. And what better way to live that out than amongst each other as brothers and sisters in Christ? I find that to be a problem. We need to be focused on the gospel. And I'm not saying the gospel is, is separate from our cultural issues, but we should be looking at these cultural issues through the lens of the gospel, not the lens of the world or the lens of our emotions. And so concerning racial tension that's going on between my white brothers and sisters and my black brothers and sisters, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, that as a whole, not individually, but as a whole, people aren't looking through a gospel-centered lens that seeks to have Christ at the head and not our own satisfaction or gratification. Where in the scriptures does it tell us that all the injustices that all the hurts and the pains will be fixed this side of heaven. Where does God promise us that? What do we tell people? What, what is our thing against the prosperity teachers? That they're teaching things or promising things that God himself never promised. He never promised us health. He never promised us good wealth. He doesn't promise us these things. We're not owed these things. We're not owed justice. Ooh. We're not owed it. The only thing we deserve is a fiery pit of hell. That's what we deserve. That is what we're owed, ultimately. Ultimately. But 
because we've been forgiven our debt that we owe to a holy and righteous God, then we should not hold people accountable to the debts that they owe us. This reminds me of a parable that Jesus used about a man who, though he received great forgiveness for the debt that he owed the king, that he found a servant who owed him, and because he couldn't pay him, he threw him in prison and beat him. The king in that parable took away everything from him and punished him because he didn't show grace to the one who owed him like the king showed him grace. I think that's what we're seeing now. And it's funny because it's not as if our white brothers and sisters have sinned against us personally. This, this racial tension and stuff that's dealing, that has, that has something to do with stuff that happened decades ago for people who are not, may not even be alive today, or if they are alive today, if they're not born again in Christ, then, I mean, what you, what's, the, what's the most important thing you want from them? You want them to apologize to you as being black for what they've, what they're, what they've done or what their ancestors have done, or you want them to know Christ? And if they know Christ, then they repent of their sins, right? That means they'll be forgiven of God and, and not really be concerned with their forgiven of man, you know, because it's God who we seek to please. I mean, in, in our repenting of our sins, that would include racism, that would include prejudice, that would include uh, slanderous talk and, and vile and hateful language. Repentance, that would include that, because you're turning away from sin. As a, as a person who's born again is turning away from their racism, turn away from their prejudice. And, and, and repentance is remorseful. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking that we as a whole, as Christians, should put our mind back to the cross. And what that what does that mean for us? As we engage this culture, because the world is watching how we handle things. And if we if we walk alongside the world and see things through their worldview as far as how we handle things, then we're not really being light unto this world. We're we're fellowship with the darkness. But we are to be a light. What greater light is that to know that even though our culture may be suffering from racial racial tension, that they see Christians loving one another, whites and blacks, and though we may have differences, yet still able to come together and be rational and love one another. And it's one of the things about love in, in Corinthians is love does not take into account a wrong suffering. So is it does that just account for the living or does it account for the past dead? And then when it comes to love, do we love some people or do we love all? Are we, do we get to be selective with the love that we show to people or that we have for people? And do we call love like, like we say we love somebody, but we really, we're really showing hate towards them because we're not loving them the way Christ loves? I think, I think we still have an issue with the understanding of what love really is then. Is Christ the example of what love truly is in the life of a believer? I'm 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 a little off here. I'm not I'm not going by any notes. I didn't I didn't write uh, um, no outline. This is just my heart. This is me speaking. 
concerning this stuff that's going on, and I want to share my heart. Now, you may disagree with me. You may agree with me. That is not why I'm making this, whether you disagree with me or not. I'm just hoping you listen. I'm hoping you hear what I'm saying. And if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, and I don't know, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> if 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 Christ is not the center, and if we can't see these issues through the gospel-centered lens, then I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why we should go and witness to anybody else, because if we can't even do this amongst each other, then what's the point of going out there and sharing the gospel? to unbelievers you know i don't i mean it seems like we're just going to invite them into more hate invite them into our our own sex and cults and it's not how it's supposed to be we're supposed to be leading people to christ my ethnicity um though i love my culture i love who i am and you know but i don't count it as anything in the outside of the lord because I am nothing before him. I doesn't see it as anything that I need to grasp or, or anything that I need to value and treasure so high because it's gonna be it's gonna fall away. I mean, I'm I'm gonna die one day. And everything that has to do with my ethnicity will die with me. You know, the most important thing is that I'm gonna be like Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that in in the end, I mean there will, be, there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. But I guarantee you that we always speak in the same language <laughs> with the Lord. We'll all be praising and worshiping him together on one accord. Not concerned with, oh, man, God saved 500 blacks. God saved 500 whites. And he just made sure he was even across the board no matter what color you were. Like, the Bible doesn't tell us that. How can we know that? We believe God is faithful. He is going to do us right. And you know, uh, and God never made a thing where one race is, or one ethnicity is greater than the other. But I believe that we are all one race, one human race, and we have different shades of skin. We have different cultural backgrounds, different regions that we grew up in, or our ancestors come from. And that's what makes us unique. And that God wanted it that way. You know, he purposed it that way for a reason, for his own reasons. Not that we can, not so that we can find superiority in what we are. And it, um, you know, but that's what's that's what's happened in the past. And, and my black brothers and sisters are seeking retribution. Man, our debt should be paid for in Christ if we are believers. The judge of all the earth. He will do what's right. We can trust him. We can trust him. In the end, justice will be served to all, whether we get it on this side of heaven or not. God will do what's right. We have to trust him, man. I don't think we're doing it um, biblically concerning these issues. So my prayer is that we would look to the gospel. Look to the good news of Jesus Christ. What is that good news? Meditate on that. What is the debt that we owe a holy and righteous God, and yet we can't pay it? Yes, reconciliation does begin at forgiveness. It does. Because our reconciliation with God began with forgiveness, and forgiveness on whose part? 
forgiveness on God's part. God forgave us. And then therefore we love him because he first loved us. We didn't come God begging for forgiveness and then he saved us. His, his, if his own sovereign choice. You know, so, I mean, now unless you don't believe that, unless you believe that it's somehow something that we do to get God to decide to save us, then maybe you do have a legit beef with your, your white brothers and sisters because this is how you view your relationship with God. I had to earn God's love in order, I had to ask for his love. I had to, I had to do something to get that, acknowledge that. You know, I, had, I was mindful of my wickedness and I had to come to him, you know. Um, but the Bible tells me, I'm sorry, and you may disagree. But the Bible tells me that we're dead in our sins of trespasses, that the flesh is enmity with God and hostile and won't submit to his laws. And he's not able to do so. So when I see in the scripture, that's in Romans 3. When I see in the scripture, I'm sorry, that's Romans 8, I'm sorry. Yeah, 5, five through 7. So what I see in scripture is that in our flesh, apart from the Holy Spirit, we don't acknowledge our sin against God. Not in a remorseful way. We probably shake our fist at God and, 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 and dare him to do something, but we don't acknowledge it in a remorseful way so that God will forgive us. The Bible says our flesh is enmity with him. Yeah. But you may believe that it's not. You may believe that somehow in our wickedness that there is some part of us that just knows that we don't want to sin against this God and that we acknowledge that and we come to him. And when we come to him, then, then he converts us. Then he gives us his spirit and we become born again. You may believe that. And that may be a reason why you have tension with your brothers and sisters that are different ethnicity. Um, I guess that shows how our theology can really affect how we do things practically. Um, like I said, this is my thoughts. You may disagree, and that's okay. Um, you know, we should continue to keep talking about this. We should not let this die. We should talk about it. I'm just asking that we change how we talk to each other, that we do it with grace, that we do it with love and trying to get understanding from one another. You know, And pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Continue to pray for one another. If we don't understand each other, please, we still should be praying for one another. Taking each other before the Lord. Yeah. And, and lose the pride, man. Man, all this pride, I can't be wrong. You know, like, man. <sighs> Even if we believe we're right, we should still be willing to listen. To understand where somebody's coming from. That's what we do when we're dealing with the Muslims. That's what we do when we're dealing with atheists. We listen to see where they're coming from, even if we don't agree with them. We understand where they're coming from. Okay? Now, because I understand where you're coming from, now I know how to address it. I know how to talk to you. You know, instead of trying to beat you over the head, you know? Anyway, I think I've been here long enough. Yep, going on 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah. So, hey, look, at this spark conversation, you know, like I say, you have my number, you can call me, you can email me, you can leave comments, share this video with other Christians. This is my plea to my brothers and sisters who are familiar with the situation that's going on, dealing with the Gospel Coalition or so on and so forth. 
and James White and everything else and Tabibi and everything else. So, hey, let's continue the conversation, but in love. It's all I'm asking. All I'm asking. And I don't think I'm asking for much. No, no. So remember, this world is full of errors, even in ourselves. But the only thing the doctor prescribes to us and to the world is truth. Blessings. Preaching and teaching, believe in Jesus' power to change the hearts of the heathen. The word of God, yes, breathe, and the truth is what we reason with. Lifting the risen king who rose for all of his children.